Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show. It is uh, Wednesday morning, two days to the conference. Uh, well, conference. What conference? Have we been talking about a, co- we have a conference coming up? I have said for a long time that we should have mentioned this earlier, that I thought that two <laughs> days before the conference was way too late to mention. To that try the, to advertise? Yes. But because you are what you are, we'll talk about it for the first time today. Yeah. The Reformation Boise Conference is coming up um, just a couple days from now, September 17th and 18th um, at Valley Shepherd. It is um, two wonderful men are coming um, graciously have agreed to talk on the topic of worship. Um, Terry Johnson and, and Robert Godfrey. And so doors open at six o'clock Friday night. Um, and so we'd love to see you and, and gather with you and uh, worship with you and learn with you and, and give away books to you and sell yeah. books to you in the, in the bookstore. It's, it will be a wonderful time. There's food trucks on, on Saturday, a sushi truck, a taco truck, maybe more on the way. Maybe. It's hard to know. And did you mention that the conference is free? I didn't mention that. The conference is free, but uh, we do want people to register and go to ReformationBoise.com to get registered. Have you registered, Phil? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get a gift certificate. If, <laughs> if one of the sponsors doesn't register, do we let them come? I, mean, I, I don't that, think so. I think okay. there needs to be a rule. <laughs> I'll get that done as soon as we uh, are, are done here today. Okay, so um, four great sessions. Um, the call to worship, challenges to worship, content of worship. We've covered those and. Our previous shows today, we're looking at the, the comfort of worship. And the question here is, is it strange to connect comfort to worship? I was just saying off air that I am not sure that I've ever made that connection before. I, um, think, you, I think we have, but we haven't made it necessarily with the word worship in it. You know, the, Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, O Lord. And there is a restlessness about Everything that we do, unless it's done for His glory, and uh, so that so I I do think we maybe know that in part, but maybe we haven't connected. Um, you know, we haven't used the phrase comfort in worship, but we do find comfort in who is the um, the goal and the meaning of our worship. So one of the maybe more famous uh, lament psalms is Psalm forty two. And uh, David says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? 
right right there uh, he, he's he is talking about being uh I, I don't know the exact circumstances you brothers might know but he is talking about being cut off from the sanctuary in some some respect and his one longing is to get back to the sanctuary of god why because that's where all comfort is found mm-hmm. and you can just multiply out the psalms psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs and faints for the courts of the Lord. Well, and, and going on in Psalm 84, it says, even a sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, you know, at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. So, you know, ultimate rest is in that presence of God. Yes, that's right. Yeah, a day in your courts, better than a thousand elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Psalm, Psalm 84 is speaking to that whole thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it sure is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church that I have the privilege of being a pastor of, um, we belong to a denomination with, that holds to the Heidelberg Catechism as one of our, our guide rails to help us with our teaching and our, our theology. And the first question is, what is your only comfort in life and death? And the answer is that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Then there's a, an, a little another paragraph, but it ends by saying, because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit has assured me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him, which is just another way of saying that because I my only comfort is that I belong body and soul to Jesus Christ, it makes me a worshiper. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's really what the end is saying. Makes me wholehearted, willing, and ready from now on to live for Him is just another way of saying to worship Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the fact that I my comfort is belonging, and belonging gives me purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way, comfort and worship do go together. Well, in worship, we're reminded of all of the benefits that the Lord our God has given us. So, so Psalm one hundred three, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then he starts naming them one by one. So who forgives, and and really this is a progression from the point of salvation all the way to heaven. Who forgives all of your iniquity. Now, Now my record is clean with God. Who heals all my diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna raise again from the dead. I'm not gonna go to hell who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies, and here's, you know, the picture of heaven, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's comfort. Right. And, and we experience those, those benefits are stirred up in us in, in the worship of God like no other place on earth. This is one of the reasons why the psalmist says, you know, um, the gates of Zion, the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than any other dwelling place in Jacob. It's yeah. there where the people of God are reminded of what God has done for them. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's like so many other things in life that um, we we will seek comfort. Uh, all all human beings seek a source of comfort, and we will we will find try to find comfort somewhere. And sometimes in worship, we are reminded. In fact, maybe maybe pretty often in worship. We are uh, exposed for the false kinds of comfort that we've been we've been seeking, and we are reminded that there is comfort in God alone. 
and and in in the gift of of Jesus Jesus the Son of God. Um, as uh, Russ was quoting earlier from the Heidelberg Catechism, what is your only comfort in life and in death? That I belong body and soul in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. There's, a, there's an old saying that the purpose of preaching, and I know you guys have heard this before, but there's an old saying that the purpose of preaching is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's a, I think that's a healthy balance mm-hmm. to challenge us, including the preacher. <laughs> well, what is my source of comfort? And uh, the, the, only, the only place uh, that genuine eternal comfort is found is in God alone. Yeah. Worship brings us to uh, God himself. And one of, the, one of the ways in which Paul speaks of God in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we get in worship. We come to the Father of all mercies. We come to the God of all comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, he, and, he, and everything that he's doing for us and to us is for our good. Mm-hmm. To demonstrate is a demonstration of a, of his love. The Lord loves those he disciplines. In fact, even in the even in the discipline of God, there's a great comfort that you have been so loved. Absolutely. A couple of weeks ago, I preached on Psalm 16, and it's a psalm that I think is one of the most beautiful passages in Scripture. Um, but the whole overarching theme of Psalm 16 is security that God is my refuge, that I will not be shaken in him, that in life or in death I'm secure. And the great hope of the child of God is that that security is not even broken by death. What awaits the child of God is a resurrection of a fullness of joy in the in the presence of God with pleasures evermore. Mm-hmm. And it's that security that I think every person wants. So if you've had children, you know that what children desperately desire and need is to feel safe. Yeah. Um, that no matter what else is going on around them, they want to know, am I safe? Am I secure? Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, really, that's what all of us want. Mm-hmm. We want to know that we're secure, that we're right. safe. And to me, that's the greatest comfort of, of, of God, but of belonging to God, but, the greatest comfort of worship, worship week after week after week, hopefully is reminding us that we are safe and secure in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's and that's also the theme of Psalm one: that the person who is nourished by the Word of God is like a tree planted by a stream of water, and it's an image of security. And but then Psalm one goes on: the wicked are not so; mm-hmm. the wicked are like chaff. Think about the opposite of a tree with deep roots. The, 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 <laughs> the very opposite is, the psalm says, is chaff, which the wind blows away. Totally, in, totally insecure. Mm-hmm. You know, and because uh, of those truths, what, what worship does is it raises our, our eyes above earthly things to heavenly things. I mean, this is Paul's argument at the end of 2 Corinthians 4. So therefore, we do not lose heart. 
Though our outward self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. When we come Mm -hmm. into worship, you know, for the most part, we've spent a good portion of the week looking at earthly things, good things, good things that God has made. But along with those good things, there's the, the rebellion of the world against God. When we come into his presence, God lifts our heads up, as it were. He's a lifter yeah. of our heads. He's a helper of our joy. And he helps us to see things that are more real mm-hmm. than what we are experiencing on a regular basis. It's interesting that when you get to Isaiah 40, the opening line is, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And then what's the whole point of, of Isaiah 40? To give the reader a picture of the greatness and the goodness and the glory of God. That's right. Mm-hmm. What provides comfort? A view of God. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, of, and this is what takes place perhaps through a, a regular service on a Sunday is you're brought into his presence. You've confessed your sins. You've heard an assurance of pardon. You hear his explanation. I mean, there's what we call the indicatives of God's Word. This is who we are. And at the close of this service, the your, the congregation should be reminded at the very end that they're blessed and at peace with God. In fact, very often we use that benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so, the believer is is uh, the passive recipient of this blessing that the Lord's proclaiming his love upon them. And so, you know, we're, we're comforted and we leave with the confidence that we are loved by God despite our sin, despite all the things that are happening around us. And we're set for another week. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, please go to ReformationVoices.com. You can register for the conference today and tomorrow. Conference starts on Friday. We'll see you next time. 